We were meant to have um, Pastor David coming to bring God's Word to us this morning, but the last moment, his wife Raquel texted me and said, David is really sick with the flu and he's not going to be able to preach. And God in His providence, Jody had um, put a message together to speak inspired just last week, and it is just right in line with what God wants to say to us today as we come into our prayer week and, and on Pentecost Sunday as well. God is good, and I want to trust you. You can always trust God in these situations. There's a, there's a plan behind it, and God certainly has that with this great word He has for us from Jody. So, can you make Jody really welcome as she comes to share God's word to us this morning? Thank you, team. Thank you, church. It is good to be here. I feel a bit sad for Pastor David because um, he would really love to be standing up here on Pentecost Sunday sharing God's Word with you today. So David, if you're watching online, we're praying that you get better and we're missing you this morning. I did share this message at Inspire recently and, and I'm struck, I guess, often at Jesus' disciples around him just asking him things, the access they, they had to him. Um, and in this particular chapter in Luke chapter 11, the disciples, you know, they've seen this connection that Jesus has with God. They've seen this communion that he operates out of with his father. And, and they know that prayer is key to all of this. And they come to him and they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I don't know if you can relate to that. I've been a Christian for a long time now. I've been praying for a long time now, but I still have so many questions about prayer. You know, Jesus responds to them um, with the Lord's Prayer, which many of you would be familiar with. He kind of says, well, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. That's his kind of response to them. Um, the things, the practical things and needs they have, um, this is how they were to pray. But then he goes straight into this story. And it's this parable, this story that follows the Lord's Prayer that I'd love us to dig into together today. Before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as your people gathered together here and online this morning, your heart is to speak to us. And so open our hearts to you now, God. Maybe hear your word, hear this word that you have for us. May your Holy Spirit come into this place, into homes this morning. And may we know your presence with us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So this teaching that follows the Lord's Prayer is this. Luke 11, chapter five, I'm reading from the NLT version here this morning. Then teaching them more about prayer, Jesus used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, although he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Other versions say your shameless audacity. And so I tell you, 
Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? An interesting story to follow the Lord's Prayer. And I'm not sure if you have had too many middle of the night interruptions, but we get them frequently in our house and not as cute as little Sienna running in and jumping onto bed with her mum and dad. We have a little white dog called Shelby and Shelby goes crazy in storms. I can't even begin to describe this behaviour. She has some kind of sixth sense for barometric pressure. Um, a weatherman's best friend, I'm sure. But she is able to sense storms before anyone else can. We know that a storm is coming because way before we hear any hints of thunder and lightning, we hear Shelby heavy panting, jumping up, whimpering around the place. And this is inconvenient during the day when it storms. But in the middle of the night, this is next level annoying. I'm not being very um, kind to the dog lovers here this morning. But anyway, we have tried to ignore Shelby's whimpering and crying, but she does not settle down while there is a storm around. And reluctantly, one of us, my husband or I, will have to get out of bed and sit up with Shelby in the middle of the night until the storm passes and her little heart stops racing and her heavy breathing calms down. The things no one told me before I got a dog. (laughs) You know, I think it's quite ironic that people would have named this parable the friend at midnight, which is what it's often called, because midnight interruptions are very rarely friendly, are they? I mean, you don't really need to understand too much about first century Jewish culture to guess that someone knocking on your door asking for bread in the middle of the night is going to be annoying. What is Jesus trying to teach us about prayer from this story? I mean, there's a guy here caught in an awkward situation. He has a guest turn up unexpectedly at his door and he has nothing by way of food to offer him. This goes totally against Middle Eastern culture of hospitality. It actually goes against the hospitality that I was brought up in too. If someone turned up at your door, you gave them food to eat. But this guy seems to be a poor host here because he couldn't offer his guest any food. He didn't have a single thing to put in front of his guest. I'm guessing there's not even a packet of out-of-date Arnott's biscuits in the back of his pantry. And the best option he could come up with was going to ask his neighbour, who would surely have some bread. He doesn't seem to be bothered at all by the social awkwardness of knocking on his neighbour's door in the middle of the night to ask for this bread. 
But maybe for him being seen as a poor host outweighed being seen as an annoying neighbour. So he knocks on the door. The owner of the house inside is understandably annoyed. Look at his response. Don't bother me. The door is locked. My children are asleep and I can't help you. But he gets up. Maybe not because he's feeling like a good friend, but because of the shameless audacity of the one knocking. Some translations also use the word impudence here. And this word translated impudence or shameless audacity or shameless persistence in that version that we just read is only used this one time in the whole Bible. I had to look up what impudence actually meant in the dictionary. It means annoying persistence. The term shameless audacity kind of adds a boldness to this meaning as well. It is the shameless audacity, the shameless bold persistence that gets this this owner out of bed to give him what he needs. Although in the middle of the night, it might have seemed like this friend needed a lecture on manners or um, a lecture on the etiquette of, etiquette of not waking up someone in the middle of the night when it's not really that important. The middle of the night is not a time for a lecture, is it? The middle of the night is the time to just help the guy out and get him on his way as quickly as possible. It might be one of those moments where you're kind of shaking your head going, chuckling even at the absurdity of the situation. The shameless audacity of that guy is just next level. You know, Jesus often told parables with surprising twists to get his listeners' attention. And that's why there were memorable stories for them. These parables were stories to tell people what the kingdom of God is like, who God is. And when we hear them, we're left to work out, well, who is this story actually about? Who is represented by these characters here? What is the heavenly meaning behind this story? And I guess especially given that Jesus has just told his disciples Um, that they could ask their heavenly father for daily bread, we must be the guy needing bread in the story. In which case, God must be the guy in bed asleep who we are annoying at the most inconvenient time. And God's response to us in this story then is, go away, don't bother me. Speaker and author David Blatt put it this way, So this parable must be teaching us that if you want something good from God, if you want something from God, anything from God, if you just keep knocking persistently, eventually God will be so annoyed by you and he will do something just to make you go away. Is that what Luke's trying to, is that what Jesus is trying to teach us here about prayer? I guess it would be easy for us to jump to this conclusion because the reaction of the owner is such a relatable human response. If you have spent any time with someone who just keeps asking and asking and asking and asking for something, eventually you get worn down, don't you? Come to think of it, that is exactly how I ended up with a dog. 
But is this really what God is like? Is this really what Jesus is teaching us about prayer? A picture of what praying to our heavenly Father is? The answer is an emphatic no. No. This parable is actually phrased by Jesus as a question. And the scholars of the Bible actually call it a contrasting parable. The surprising twist here is that this might be the natural human response to an annoying request in the middle of the night, but God is not human. And he doesn't respond to us like this. Jesus uses this contrast between humans and God. Understand this morning how different God is when people come to him with their requests. You know, we can often fall into the trap of trying to fit God into our way of thinking, basing our understanding and expectations of God on on our human sinful ways. But God is not human. God is not sinful and God is not evil. His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. He is our perfect heavenly Father. He is not getting annoyed or pretending to be asleep or too busy for you. He loves it every single time you come to Him with your requests. It is His pleasure and His joy for you to pray to Him for everything you need, bringing to Him all the things that are on your heart. You know, we just read this, that this parable flows out of Jesus' teaching on the Lord's Prayer and and He's telling His disciples they can come and ask for their daily bread, everything they need. Ask for forgiveness anytime you need it. Ask for help to forgive others every single day. Ask for help not to be tempted and led into sin. Aren't those prayers we need to pray a lot? And then he follows with this story so that we can be confident that our heavenly Father will never be annoyed by these prayers. He will never get sick of them. These are the things we need every day. These are the things we need to be bold and persistent and confident in seeking our heavenly Father for. And He is our good, good Father. Hear that this morning. I recently heard some teaching by Lisa Harper on this passage and and she said we can very easily feel like we are the ones on the outside of the door trying to get God's attention, feeling like we are just a bother to Him and He is the ever-reluctant responder. But this could not be further from the truth. If we want to identify with anyone in this story, she said, we are most like the children asleep in the house. Just think about that. As children of God, we are the ones who are right there with the Father, with intimate access to Him, right beside Him. He's already taken care of our needs. We're in a content, peaceful sleep beside the Father who is looking after His children, protecting them. You are not outside begging for bread. Hear that this morning. You don't have to go banging on the door to get God's attention. From where you are, you just have to whisper and your Father will hear you. 
I heard the most beautiful son, uh, story from a lady just a couple of Sundays ago. She hadn't long started coming to church and, and she was here and feeling a little bit uncomfortable and overwhelmed and, and inadequate actually in the presence of God. There was a whisper on her heart that morning and she said, God, I am not perfect and I have not been a good person. How could you love someone like me? And in that moment, no sooner had she thought those words, a lady walked up to her, just here somewhere in the foyer, I think. And this lady said, I just felt like God told me to come and tell you how much he loves you this morning. She had tears in her eyes as she was telling me the story and I had tears too. God hears the whisper of your heart. If all you can manage today is a whisper prayer, know that God will hear it. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In this parable of contrast, Jesus wants you to understand that God is not annoyed by you or your asking. And he continues on with this how much more analogy. It was a style of writing quite common in Jewish hermeneutics, a picture of something lesser to describe something greater. In verse 11 of this chapter, Jesus says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. It would be absurd for any parent to do that. So if we who are sinful know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God is not stingy. He is not withholding good things from you. His heart is for His children to know His love, to live in His generous and abundant grace. How much more confidently and boldly can we approach the Heavenly Father with anything we need? How much more gracious and caring is God than any human neighbour? If a human will get up in the middle of the night to grant the requests of even a rude friend, how much more will God respond to your requests? If shameless audacity can produce a positive outcome between two people, How much more may we expect that a merciful God who loves his children will hear our prayers, will pour out his spirit on those who ask. Jesus invites us into this relationship with the heavenly father where we have complete and open access to him even in the middle of the night. God is longing for this relationship with his children, that we would feel so connected, so comfortable, so at ease that we could share every part of our heart, every longing, every need with him. In a way, this is bold, isn't it? It is bold. This is God, we're talking about, the creator of the heavens and the earth, king of kings and lord of lords. And it does feel like impudence to come before him and share my needs. You know, when we're praying for the war in Ukraine, is it okay to ask God for a car park at Chermside? It 
does seem like shameless audacity to come before him with our personal requests and need, doesn't it? But we can have boldness and confidence to come before God in prayer. You know, I was struck by this little boy two Sundays ago who was helping out at the welcome morning tea. I walked in late after chatting people in the courtyard. Pastor Andrew was already giving the talk at the front of the room for the new people. Maybe some of you were there. Welcome back. Um, And I was trying to sneak into the back of the room unnoticed. But this little boy, Henry, who's nine or 10 years old, I think, saw me. He was at the front of the room. He saw me sneak in the back and he walked straight from the front to the back and walked up to me and said, welcome. (laughs) So cute. I think he said, it's great to have you here. I thought that was so brave of him actually to do that. And I could see how sincere he was in this job of welcoming people. I was so impressed. And I felt so welcome to the welcome morning tea, even though I've been coming to this church for 28 years. You know, I mentioned how beautiful this was to Tyrone last week. And he said that this same little boy has has had a real fervour and heart for prayer develop recently. So much so that he's been in touch with Pastor Andrew and has actually asked that Pastor Andrew send him the requests of the church so he could pray. And we were kind of marvelling about this in our conversation and and Tyrone went, well, you know um, how he kind of got this heart for prayer? He was playing... Um, with his mates, with a ball. I, th- I don't know if that happened here at church or somewhere else, but he was playing with a ball and the ball got stuck on the roof while they were playing. And there was nothing they could do to get it down. And Henry thought, well, I think I just have to ask God to help. And guess what? As soon as he prayed, that ball came down off the roof. And now he has a passion to pray because he knows that prayers work. God hears them. That's pretty bold for a little boy, don't you think? It's no wonder Jesus says we need to receive his kingdom like little children. You know, it made me think, how many times do we miss the opportunity to see God at work because we decide what God will and won't do? Jesus is saying, God is your good father. Just ask him. Keep asking him. As we head into this week of prayer, Are you open to come before God? Join together with God's people to be shamelessly audacious and ask Him for things we long for Him to do in our lives, in our church, in our community and in our city, in our world even. Be filled with faith by these words. Verse nine, Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. There is a boldness in these words, a boldness in these requests, a boldness in expectation for what God could do. I love these words from Hebrews 10. John actually already alluded to them this morning. These beautiful words in verse 19 to 22. And so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. 
By His death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Amen. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Oh, God's Word is beautiful. Jesus' gift to us through His blood shed on the cross was this relationship with our Heavenly Father. He is approachable. His presence is accessible to us. We simply come to Him. I'm so struck by the final verse in this passage in Luke. The culmination of Jesus' teaching on prayer finishes with this in verse 13. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more? You know, I could list a hundred needs on my heart to pray for today. Maybe a thousand. And God would listen to them all, however big or small they might be. However long I have been praying for them. He is our gracious Father. But the further I walk along this journey of life, the more I find myself thinking, longing, just for more of Jesus, more of God's Spirit, more of His presence, more of His truth and life, more of His wisdom and His strength. I just want to live in and experience more of His grace, more of His power and more of His glory. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I would hate to think that I haven't experienced the fullness of what God wants to do yet because I haven't come to Him and asked. And He invites us to do that this morning, church. On this Pentecost Sunday, is there anything more bold or audacious for us than to come before Him and ask for more of His Spirit to be poured out here? How much more does he long to do? Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you're our good, good father. We're sorry, God, even as we gather corporately that we sometimes determine in our hearts what you will and won't do even before we come to you and ask. Forgive us, God. And this morning, fill us with expectation. Fill us with boldness, God, to come before you again. Fill us with faith to ask and see what you are yet to do. Oh Lord Jesus, we need more of your Spirit. We need your presence. We long to see lives transformed. We long to see situations 
and needs that we have transformed by your Spirit. And this morning we hear your voice. How much more does the Father want to do? How much more does He want to pour out His Spirit upon us today? So we ask for more of your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jody. What a word for us as we come into our week of prayer. To remind us again of the power of prayer, this incredible invitation we have to come to our Heavenly Father. That as we gather together and pray this week, God, God wants to move among us. God wants to move in our own hearts. And God wants to move among us. And as we pray, things shift in the spiritual realm. God speaks by His Holy Spirit to us. And so I really want to encourage you this week, would you come? This is God's Word to us. It's no accident that Jody's here speaking this Word. God wants to encourage us to come. Come before Him as our loving Heavenly Father. Bring our knees to Him. Ask Him to lead us as His people. Ask Him to do things beyond what we could have imagined. This is who our God is. He is great and mighty and powerful. And I love this invitation at the end. How, how perfect on this Pentecost Sunday, this promise that if we will ask for the Spirit of God to be poured out in our hearts, God promises to give that to us. And the moment we come to faith in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of His presence with us. But the Bible talks about this, this encouragement we're given to be, keep on being filled with the Spirit, the Bible says. Walk in step with the Spirit. And so this morning on this Pentecost Sunday, as a way of responding, to the end of this passage, this promise, we can actually give you an opportunity just to be prayed for. Ask the Spirit of God to fill you afresh, to empower you, to give you wisdom and lead you in God. These are, the, these are the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, to lead us, to make God's love known in our hearts, to, uh, to continue to, to prompt us and show us His will and His desire for our hearts, to give us strength when we come to the end of ourselves. And so as we finish this, after, this morning, as this service, there'll be an opportunity for you to be prayed for. Some of our prayer team will come down the front here in the pastors. We've got some anointing oil. We're just going to pray for you and just ask the Spirit of God to fill you afresh, to empower you afresh this morning. A fresh filling of the Spirit of God in this Pentecost Sunday so that you're able to live for Him in the fullness that all that He has for you. So you feel free as the band sing, just come forward. We'll just pray very simply a prayer over you just for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If there's something specific you want us to pray for, just let us know that. We'd love to do that. It's powerful as we pray. The Spirit of God is here this morning. So why don't we stand together? Let's stand as we worship. Prayer team, if you want to come down the front now, that'd be fantastic. And the pastors as well. And you feel free just to come. Be prayed for this morning. On the promise of God's Word to us, let's respond in faith. Let's do that together. Your name is power, your name is healing. 
close our service there'll still be an opportunity to come and be prayed for don't miss that opportunity this morning this Pentecost Sunday just to come he's such a good God his Holy Spirit is here this morning he just love to minister his love and grace empowering to you but let me pray I want to pray in fact that the Spirit of God would anoint all of us this morning wherever we are on the journey so let me pray and ask that now Heavenly Father we pray this same prayer Lord over us corporately Lord would you come 
Empower us by your Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. May that be our testimony, great God. I pray for this week as we come to seek you, Lord. I know that as we pray, you're going to move by your Spirit in hearts and lives, Lord. You're going to shift things. You're going to overcome obstacles and barriers, and you're going to speak powerfully, Lord. We want to hear your voice, Lord, above every other. And so, Lord, just pray for your blessing now on each one, wherever they are on the journey of faith, Lord, that you'll just come near by your Holy Spirit, give wisdom, reveal your, your great love for us, I pray. Pour out your blessing so you would be glorified and may this flow, Lord, from us into this community, our city, nation, world, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer, just to continue to come down the front. Our prayer team be here. They'd love just to pray for you this morning. Don't forget our Connections Lounge. If you're new this morning, do head there as well. Stay for a tea and coffee in the courtyard. And come out again tonight, our extended worship as we launch our prayer time. But God bless you. Thanks so much for connecting with us, those online as well. God bless.